And before we get started, remember that all the information on the multidimensional journey is never to replace mental health or medical professional advice. And also keep in mind that ayahuasca contains DMT, which is a controlled substance in the United States, and there continues to be a gray area of legality. If you have any questions about my disclaimers, feel free to message or contact me. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the multidimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr. Welcome back today. I have my guest, Scott Jensen, who's going to take us through his incredible ayahuasca journey, what he's experienced since 2016. And this seems just to be the beginning uh, with my conversations with him. So today, um, taking an introductory dive because These conversations can just go on and on for hours, so stay tuned. You'll get to hear about what called him to the medicine, his experiences in Peru in detail, and what he's doing today, and yeah, let's hop in. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Pretty good. No complaints today. (laughs) Good. Well, uh, welcome everybody to the multidimensional journey. We have our guest here um, and Scott will be talking to us today about his personal journey with Mother Ayahuasca. Um, We're probably going to do about a 30 minute chat where, you know, just basically a deep dive into your personal experiences and yeah. Okay, great. So um, maybe just a little, like, kind of talk about yourself, um, what's going on in your life right now, and as we get into it, um, we'll talk about, um, you know, what was going on in your life before you found ayahuasca, but first, kind of just a little introduction. (laughs) A little introduction. Well, uh, my name is uh, Scott Jensen. Um, I, uh, I live in Tampa, Florida. Um, kind of grew up here. Um, I keep trying to leave, but I keep coming back. It's just such a great place and I have good family and good friends here. Um, talk about where I am currently in life. Um, and especially in relation to my relationship with ayahuasca. Um, you know, I would say that I'm, I'm definitely in a time of integration right now. Mm Um, you know, I, over about a two and a half year period, um, through several sessions with ayahuasca, I got a lot of, um, a lot of downloads that, um, I immediately, uh, started processing and started making huge changes. And, uh, I did it a little bit too quick without actually, um, kind of working through the details of, you know, the, the actual hard work that happens after the hard work, um, of working with ayahuasca. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a point right now where I've changed a lot, um, including my career, uh, where I live. Um, you know, when I first started, uh, experimenting with ayahuasca, I was living in Atlanta. Uh, I'm now back home, um, you know, which is reconnecting with family and friends is a huge part of where I'm at right now. Uh, going through a big career change, uh, as well. Um, you know, I've worked in marketing for probably about the past, 10 years, maybe 15, if you include when I did it with music before that I was in the military. Um, but right now I'm trying to make a a bigger transition. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned through my work with ayahuasca is that, you know, I, I have a a, a deep need, uh, to help other people. And I don't feel that I'm doing that in my, you know, in my current profession. And, um, you know, that's uh, something that I'm trying to change. So, Um, you know, if, if I were to sum everything up for what I'm doing with my life right now, it's a a big period of transition. Yeah. Um, hopefully coming out the other end, um, you know, living a more fulfilled life. Yeah. Um, but right now it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit chaotic. Definitely. Um, It's a, it's a lot of process. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up the, the topic of integration, which will take a deeper dive in a second here, but I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, so maybe like, uh, you know, the circle that I'm in and even the reason why I came to ayahuasca, everyone's reason uh, why they come to the medicine is a little bit different. Um, what personally 
brought you to the medicine? Um, I think the best way to explain that is to start uh, talking about about 15 years ago. Um, so I, I had a cousin, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, who struggled with schizophrenia and yeah. mental illness his entire life, mm-hmm. uh, which it eventually, uh, eventually took his life, uh, in the form of him overdosing on some of his medication. Um, but 15 years ago, he came to live with me for a little bit. Um, he was kind of struggling where he was at and he came to stay with me and this was, um, he was struggling with alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. uh, and just, you know, just addiction problems in general he was you know by his own admission a sex addict and you know was doing a lot of drugs and bad things um and you know he spent some time with me and uh i you know i remember him mentioning at one point that he had contacted someone that was going to help him to uh drink yahe so um as you know well that's um kind of it's another word for ayahuasca uh i'm not really sure what tradition it comes from um but that was kind of my first um understanding that ayahuasca exist existed yeah and at that time it wasn't really as well known as now and you know this is uh pre uh you know a lot of social networking so it was really kind of hard to find information about it but you know if you dug deep enough you could find stuff from like the McKenna brothers um you know and some information about it so i you know at the time i looked into it and i have a pretty deep history with using psychedelics and it seemed really interesting but i didn't really know um i didn't really know why it had entered into eric who is my cousin's yeah um, field of view and, and purvey, um, you know, later come to find out that, you know, he was trying to find a way to, to heal himself and, you know, him being the ridiculously intelligent person that he was, I mean, he had, you know, chased down stories of, of the medicine, um, you know, and unfortunately he never, uh, actually got to work with ayahuasca because I think it really would have helped him. Um, but then about five or so years ago, um, you know, I'm 41 years old now. Um, I started going through, you know, you call it a midlife crisis, call it major existential dread. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically just not, not really having a good time. And around, around that time is when ayahuasca really kind of started getting into, um, you know, more known spaces. Um, you know, I started seeing it pop up more. Um, you know, call it what you want, call it, uh, the medicine talking to you or call it, uh, just luck. Um, you know, I started diving back in and, um, getting really interested, uh, in it again, uh, even to the point to where, you know, instead of, um, you know, for my first experience going to, uh, Peru, which is eventually where I, where I went, um, for my first, what I would call real experience, you know, I ordered Chakruna and um, ayahuasca buying online, made my own brew, tried it twice, didn't quite work. And um, right. for <laughs> for my perspective, uh, it could have either <laughs> been that I didn't do it right, or right. it could have been that Mother Ayahuasca didn't want me doing that in my 22nd story apartment, because uh, <laughs> it might have been a little overwhelming, right. which eventually it was. Uh, but I was still interested because... Um, you know, just the, the work that I've done with psilocybin had really helped Mm me. Um, and this seemed like it was just kind of like another door to a similar place. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of the, how my, uh, my relationship started. Yeah. So you're kind of going, you're hitting this certain age and you're just having these feelings and you kind of called it a a midlife crisis, existential dread and, you're like, oh yeah, my cousin talked about that yahe, and you kind of just started doing some research. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, looking back at it now, um, you know, I I just had some unhealed trauma that I had carried with me, yeah. you know, pretty much my whole life. And yeah. this is this is the way, I, you know, I like to think that it, you know, there's the medicine reaching out to me, knowing that that I needed it. Um, Absolutely. So, um, yeah, let's talk about that. I was going to talk about preparation and stuff like that, but Hey, we, we can do that anytime. Right. So, 
Um, so, you know, out of curiosity and, and for the audience, like when you were actively seeking out the medicine and going through this emotional experience and, you know, somehow, some way you felt like this was the right answer. Did you know consciously that you had unhealed trauma or did you discover that later? Uh, I really had no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew that I had dealt with a lot of trauma when I was young. Um, you know, my mother died when I was 23. Yeah. Um, you know, I never knew my father. My home life was pretty terrible. Um, up until I ended up moving out, I had alcoholic stepfather, a really abusive wow. person. Um, wow. You know, and it was just kind of something that at the time I just kind of went through. And, okay. um, you know, when my mother passed away, I spent about two years just trying to drink the sorrow away. So I never yeah. really dealt with it. Um, so mm -hmm. I, you know, I knew that I had problems and I had always had problems with my personal relationships. I, never could really connect with people yeah. um, on a human level. Anything more than surface was difficult. So, right. you know, I, I didn't really have many long-term relationships. Um, and, you know, so I, I knew that I wasn't quite right. right. <laughs> Let's just sure, say that. Sure, sure. Um, you endured but, a lot. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I spent five years in the Marine Corps and, you know, right. things that go with that, right. that. That's difficult as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, when I was really, really young, uh, you know, kind of got pushed into um, the church situation that wasn't something that I connected with. So, right. you know, having having religion forced upon you is not is not necessarily a good thing. Um, yeah. So so I had all of these things that that I knew right. were kind of a problem, but it was just something that I thought that you had to deal with. You know, life life makes you um, life gives you bad things and life. You know, a lot of life is about suffering. Right, right. Um, but I had never understood that, you know, you really need to, you really need to let go of a lot of that suffering or, you know, it, you might not see it in the front of your mind. You not, right. might not acknowledge it every day, but it's always there. Absolutely. If you don't find a way to let go of it. Wow. Wow. And I know, um, you know, you're, you're naming off a lot of themes that a lot of us deal with and maybe on a subconscious level yet somehow we just figure out a way to survive because that's what we were taught socially or from our family of origin and especially I would imagine you know coming up in the military you just like kind of you figure it out <laughs> um, yeah. and so well, it's also a part of uh, you know masculinity is absolutely you, know, you don't show emotions you don't deal absolutely with you have to be strong um, you know and and you just, you, you just get through things. That's, that's just what you do as a man. Absolutely. Um, which is not good. I mean, that's, I, I kind of laugh when people talk about toxic masculinity, but I think right. that if there is a toxic masculinity, it's, it's really, it's, it's what men do to themselves because, you know, they feel like they're not allowed to feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm really glad you brought that up specifically. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a heavy social program to carry um, because it's so oppressive and suppressive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. The, the thing that I, I don't think everybody realizes is that um, most of what you have and a, a lot of your act actions are dictated by social programming. Correct. Yeah. Right. You know, it's yeah. things that you just, you, you don't really necessarily know why you do them. You just do them because that's what you're taught when you grow up. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you're a child and you're, you know, just kind of waddling around, falling a lot, and you're just trying to figure out the world, Absolutely. you get imprinted with a lot of these things, some positive, yeah. some negative. Um, and yeah. 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 Okay. Great. And so, so yeah, so I can definitely see why, you know, you were having all these emotions and these, the existentialism and um, yeah. So take us a little bit into, you know, down the path of, when you arrived or, you know, how you prepared for your first ceremony and mm -hmm. what it was like. Um, and I forget, Scott, if you told me if you did several of them, but you obviously can go into detail about that. But, um, you know, just how these boxes of unhealed trauma were exposed or, you you know, it, it happens in different ways for everyone. I don't know if you felt like you 
you know, it was confronted or if it was a physical sensation or an emotion, I mean, it's all of it. Right. But yeah, <laughs> you know, obviously try to explain it the best you can. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's so I've, I've been lucky enough to make connections with a lot of people in the community and it's always amazing to hear people's stories because they're almost always different. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, and for me, um, you know, the way that I prepared, I, I do a lot of research on anything that I'm getting myself into, especially something that is, um, so like divine and life changing, like ayahuasca, like that's not a, that's not a, something that you just jump into unwisely. So, you know, I made sure, and it was over the course of um, probably about a year and a half or two years where I did a lot of research on, you know, where to go, what, what do I want to do, um, what are things that I should watch out for, you know, learning about dieta and, and all of that. And I eventually settled on um, a place called the Arcana Spiritual Center, um, which is uh, in Peru. They actually have two places. They have one that is, you know, a few hours boat ride uh, out of Iquitos, so deep within the Amazon. And then they have another uh, place that is in the Sacred Valley of the Incas. And um, I was fortunate enough to spend a week in the jungle and a week um, in the Sacred Valley, wow. which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. And the I think they've since changed owners, but at the time, the people that run it, um, you know, and the, the owner and a lot of people that run it opened a place called Solterra in mm-hmm. Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were really good at informing you on things that you can expect, um, dietary restrictions, you know, kind of ways to prepare yourself, um, intention setting, um, you know, everything down to, you know, hey, you probably don't want to go right back to work the day after you right, get back right. because right. <laughs> you're going to be processing a lot of stuff. Right. So I felt like um, I felt like I was really well prepared when I went down there. Um, yeah. But you know, I, uh, you're never really prepared for flying into Iquitos, which is one of the craziest places I've ever been to in my life. And then, you know, taking off down the Amazon and ending up in the middle of the jungle somewhere. Um, So, you know, that part of the journey uh, in itself, I I felt was very impactful because, um, you know, I was able to become like physically taken out of my normal space. So you kind of, you're having all these new experiences in a new place um, so it's, yeah. you don't really carry a lot of baggage with you, um, back from the world. And, um, you know, one of the things about while I was researching is, um, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I was doing this in a setting that was as close to, um, a traditional setting as possible. Um, yeah. or, you know, at least in a, uh, an indigenous community where, you know, you have people that have been working with the medicine for, you know, thousands of years right. so that, um, you know, that experience could be, um, as, as beneficial as possible. And I, you know, I ended up picking a great place. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, after getting down there, um, you know, and you kind of settle in quickly once you get to the jungle, you know, they show you your tambo and, you know, you have a meeting and you kind of talk about, um, you know, how the next week is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some, uh, some expectations. Um, but also you get told like not to really have any expectations and have an open mind about everything that's going on. Um, and you know, when I got down there, like instantly bonded with a few of the facilitators down there, one of whom was also an ex Marine who went down there to clear out a bunch of trauma that, you know, so we connected really quickly on that. Um, and he was kind of like my go-to person during ceremony if I was having problems. Um, you know, so I, I felt really, really comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's important because, you know, when you start talking to plants and um, get <laughs> blasted off into space, um, <laughs> it's good to have like people that can help ground you and right. get you through some things. Um, right, right. You know, like, there you go. Yeah. For example, um, so in my first ceremony, um, you, you know how you kind of get stuck in time warp sometimes? Totally. Reliving things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was reliving my mother's death over and over and over and over and over and over over again. So, you know, I'm sitting there by the bed and, you know, I'm putting the, you know, the mask for her medicine on her nose and that's when she breathed her last breath. And I'm just, I was just,
ability to grab my flashlight and, you know, I flashed it and, you know, Dolan, who was the ex-Marine came over to me, you know, and he's like, Hey, what's going on? And, you know, I told him, I was like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't, you know, I can't get out of this. I keep seeing my mother die. And um, I remember him saying, he's like, well, do, do you know why you're stuck? And I said, I have no idea. He's like, well, and it's probably not too important then because you'll figure it out. And I was like, and then, he, you know, he, he was like, you're going to be okay. And he yeah, got up yeah, and yeah. walked away and, you know, he kind of broke me out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, and then I kind of went on and um, the thing about that first ceremony for me was um, it's a really weird experience. You're sitting in the jungle with, you know, 20 strangers you know, you drink this stuff that it doesn't taste really good. It's, yeah, it's a <laughs> sensory, it's complete sensory overload when you drink that cup and, right. you know, you're, uh, you're burning Palo Santo and, you know, huffing away at Mapacho. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody starts puking and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's kind of the way that I describe it for people. They're like, well, you know, what's this ceremony like? I'm like, well, you know, you go like really deep in the jungle and you sit in a dark room with a bunch of strangers and you drink this stuff that tastes like um, tastes like rotten licorice. And then everybody starts puking and freaking out, you know, and then, you know, this yeah. guy's singing at you in a, you know, in an old dead language. And like, like somehow it's like you're physically being touched by these Icaros. Um, yeah, yes. and it's, you know, and the things that you see and the things that you experience are so beyond the pale, um, that it's, it's kind of hard to describe for people, you know, I mean, in my first ceremony, I can remember when things kicked in and, you know, Dolan had made a joke about, you know, Hey, so this, this, um, this is, this is like your spaceship here, right? The Maloka is like, it's like a spaceship. And he always made jokes about, you know, um, when he would bring you up to like have a Negro sung to you, he'd take you back. He's like, all right, you're back in your spaceship. And that was the first thing that, that happened to me is I'm looking around and then everything started spinning. And I was like, Oh, I'm in a UFO. Right. And I was there, you know, and I, I don't like to talk too much about visions, but there are things that you experience in ceremony. Like I remember uh, at one point, like looking down at my nose, right. It's something that you kind of take for granted. Right, right. And, you know, every time you look down, it's there. I remember looking down at my nose and watching, like, everything that I can normally see with my eyes just fall away. And I was wow. stars. Or, you know, later on when I was back in the States in one ceremony, I saw a time stop. Yeah. You know, I was watching the shaman dance in front of me and everything just stopped. And I'm sitting there looking around and everybody is completely frozen. You know, so... <sighs> So those types of experiences are the kind of things that I went through. But um, the the thing about clearing out um, trauma. So, you know, I mentioned about like being caught in that loop with my mother uh, at the ceremony that or the, I'm sorry, at the center that I was at. Um, of course, the next day you would have integration circles and you would kind of talk about what you went through and you'd speak with a shaman. You know, they would talk about, you know, you're OK, so this is what we need to work on based on what your visions were. Right. And, you know, I talked through what, what mine were and, you know, instantly was like, okay, well, uh, you know, we're, we need to, we need to clean up your mother. Um, and, uh, <laughs> at one right. point during my first ceremony, a spider was investigating me. So there was a spider crawling on me Oh God! and I kept, you know, flicking it away. And then after like the third time I was like, well, maybe, maybe the spider knows where I'm at and he's just coming to talk to me. Right. And and so I mentioned the spider to the shaman. Right. He's like, okay, well, we'll we'll clean the spider out as well. Um, and then he said, oh, well, um, we're also going to clean the military out of you. And wow, I hadn't said anything to him about that whatsoever. Wow. Um, so I don't know if Dolan said something to him or you know I, I don't I don't really know where it came from, but it kind of struck me as like, well, what do you? I I didn't know that I even needed that gone. Right. Right. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there were a couple of other things too. Um, but you know, he was like, okay. And you know, he's like, set your intentions for this, this, and this, and this, and this is what we're going to work on tomorrow. Yeah. Come around, uh, second ceremony, um, which was probably the most terrifying 
experience of my life. Yeah. Um, we had, um, we had this, uh, guy who was there and he was basically on the tail end of his third week. So he'd been working with the medicine four or five days a week for a few weeks. And, um, he decided that he wanted to go really deep. And so he took three times the normal dose. Wow. Um, so, and me, I like, I never needed more than one. If, you know, anytime they're like, you know, what's another dose? I'm like, Nope, I'm good. I'm just going (laughs) to sit over here in my spaceship. (laughs) I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but this guy who, um, you know, he was a really, really nice, awesome person. Um, uh, he, just when everything kind of started kicking in, uh, the shaman started singing the Rikaros, um, you know, I could hear him. He was probably about, I don't know, five or six mats, uh, away from me, um, started like just very quietly saying, help me, yeah. help me. And I was like, okay, well, he's asking for help, help yeah. me, help me. And then, uh, one of the facilitators walked over to him, um, shortly thereafter, uh, he started screaming, help me. Wow. Um, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs. Um, yeah, they ended up having to like another facilitator came over and they had to walk him, uh, out of, uh, the Maloka. Right. Um, but as soon as he started screaming, it was like, everything just went horrific. Like mm-hmm. I could, I could feel other people's trauma. Like I could, every time somebody was, was, um, was purging, like I could, I could see what they were cleansing yeah, and yeah. I was feeling it. Like I was like, I was connecting with everybody's trauma. Um, and the whole time, uh, Marquise is, you know, he's off in a, in a side tombo and with the shaman working with him and he's just screaming, help me, help me, help me, help me. Oh, wow. Um, and it was absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah. you know, cause I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, feel like I, you know, I, I have things that I need to process and I'm just taking everybody's trauma on to me. Right, right, right. Um, which, you know, 20 people's trauma, that's a yeah. lot of shit to deal yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, at, at one point, and this is, you know, I have no concept of time when I'm in, um, but, you know, I got it because I, you know, I've never vomited to purge. I've always purged the lower Region, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I got up to to go to the toilet, and you know, I'm sitting there and you know, getting my stuff out in the toilet, and I'm really, really close to Marquise, and he's just screaming, and he's just having a terrible, terrible time, and you know, I'm just sitting there and um, ooh, I'm getting a little, a little emotional about this, and I just remember thinking, like, you know, somebody help him, somebody help him, yeah, yeah, um, and I got up, I was done, got up, walked back into the. Uh, towards the Maloka and I turned around to look at the, the tombo that he was in. And I remember watching a shadow walk out yeah. and the shadow started walking towards me. Of course it made me hightail it back into the Maloka. Right. Um, but this shadow followed me back in. Right. Um, shortly thereafter he stopped yelling. Um, and you know, he started calming down. I sat back down and it was like, you know, whatever, negative turn the ceremony took right. um was you know it was starting to calm back down and i remember mm-hmm. that they brought him back into the maloka and he was calm right and um and from that point on um i uh it, it was like okay now i can start processing what i need to process right, um right. and um the uh I'm trying to think of a way to describe this. So I, it, this is the, you know, people talk about having conversations with entities and, you know, sure, you speak sure, with yeah, mother yeah. ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, well, this is the point where that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember clear as day, um, you know, seeing her face and I, you know, I was, I was asking her and I was, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I, I've, I've been trying, I've been supposed to, I was supposed to do this work tonight. And I spoke with the shaman and he told me that, you know, we were going to, you know, we were going to cl- clear my mother. And, um, and, and she said, well, you know, how do, how do you feel about it? And I realized that I, you know, I had let go of the guilt that I felt because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't strong enough to be there for my mother when she was dying and yeah. I didn't spend enough time in the hospital. Wow. And, um, you know, I didn't step up for my sisters 
when she left. Um, and I realized at that point that I had let it go. And I told her, I was like, well, I, you know, I guess, I guess it's gone. Um, and then, you know, I, I was like, well, you know, what about, what about the spider? I was supposed to, I was supposed to like, you know, <laughs> get rid of the spider. And, you know, the night before I had talked to the spider God, I'm like, spider God, like, please leave me alone. Um, and, you know, and I was like, well, what about the spider? And, you know, Mother Oscar was like, well, have you seen any spiders tonight? You know, just like, just like joking. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, you're, you're kind of right. I didn't, I didn't see the spider tonight. Um, nice. And, and it was like, we had this conversation right. where, where I realized that, you know, the whole time that, um, it, that all of that chaos was happening in the second ceremony and I didn't feel like I was focusing on what I needed to focus on. Right. Um, like it was all, it was all coming out of me and it was, you know, it was, it was leaving me. And, um, you know, I think that that's a part of why I'm trying to dedicate myself more to personal relationships and helping people because through taking on other people's pain during that ceremony, right. um, I really, hello, hold on. Reason I can't hear you all of a sudden. I'm going to pause this really quick. Hey there. Hey. Now Sorry. I can hear you. Sorry about that. Me neither. That's okay. Um, but you were kind of talking about how, by going through that experience and taking on everyone's pain that really helped you realize that you really want to help people. Yeah. And through helping people, I can, you know, help to resolve my own, my own struggles. Um, Absolutely. So that's kind of where I, where I went left off. Um, did I mention anything about the next day or did we cut off? Nope. Before that? Mm-mm. Yes. Okay. Cut off right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, so that was a big, um, that was a, a, a really big, powerful insight that I, you know, it took me, it took me a while before I realized that, um, a couple of months, but the next day, um, I was, I was pretty shot out and frazzled. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, it was my experience that, you know, I'm purging is, uh, it's, it's great. And it's, it's, you know, it releases tension and it's, you know, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. But for me, it was, it was absolutely exhausting. Wow. And the next morning I, you know, we, had the integration circle and I, you know, spoke to the shaman and he had me set my intentions again. Um, and, um, I just didn't feel like I could do it again. And, yeah. you know, I was just terrified. Like the, the entire experience was just so, um, just so scary. Like I was afraid it was going right. to happen again. I'm like, you know, somebody else is going to lose it and then I'm going to lose it and I'm not going to be able to come back. And, you know, just yeah. a, a lot of fear. Um, yeah, yeah. And, to compound that fear. Uh, so that day I actually, uh, was able to take, um, uh, to work with some other medicine. Um, uh, so five MEO DMT. Yeah. So the, uh, Bufo toad. Yeah. Um, and that experience, um, I want to say that it helped me integrate things much further. Um, really? Hmm. yeah. Um, which that experience for me, uh, you know, I mean, as you know, probably it's, it's really quick. Um, right, right. it's, it's not like, um, you know, that, uh, whatever the normal DMT is where, you know, you get shot off in a rocket, you talk to machine elves and all that stuff. Um, for me, it was like, I kind of faded into nothing. Yeah. Um, and so after that, I was definitely not in any condition to, to go back in and drink at the ceremony that night. Um, which, you know, the couple of the facilitators talked to me about it because, you know, I was pretty open. I was like, yeah, I just, I, I can't do it after last night. It was just too much. Um, you know, I need to, I just need to think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and they were very helpful. They're like, you know, they told me, they're like, you know, you have to lean into the fear, like the, you know, I, I know it's difficult, but you know, that, you know, that five hour journey, um, you know, you're basically going through two years of therapy. Yeah, yeah. In it. And so that compressed time time frame uh can be very scary, especially if you have a lot of trauma that you need to get out and yeah. you know so the things that I had to deal with would it was just too much. But I, I didn't end up drinking that night. Um 
and then you know I got a good night's sleep, and the next day I felt much better. So yeah. I think it was I think it was definitely the right move. Um, and you know, and and I was able to participate in the next ceremony, mm-hmm. um, which again completely terrified based on the the last one. You know, I was just you know I was like it's going to be terrible again. Um, it's going to be really scary. You know, it's going to be another one of those situations where you know everybody's getting their guts ripped out and. You know, I'm the one who's going to sit there and absorb it all. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It turned out to be like really nice, nice, really calm. Um, you know, not a lot of crazy visions. Um, nice. We we did have another incident uh, in that ceremony. Right. Um, but it was uh, it was actually quite funny. <laughs> uh, so there was um, uh, he was a, he was he was from Spain. Um, I want to say his name was Johan. Yeah. Yes, that was it. Um, and uh, he had been told by the shaman that day to go deeper into the medicine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so he took a little bit more um, and, you know, he just kind of let it go. And at one point he started trying to talk to uh, the shaman. His name was Weiler. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Weiler, Weiler. And he's speaking to him in Spanish. <laughs> Um, and he's like, why are they, why are they? And so the facilitators came up and they walked over and they're like, shh, you know, and he's like laughing and laughing, you know, he's laughing and trying to talk to him. Right, right. And the facilitator's like, no, hey, calm, calm down, you know, like don't interrupt other people's experience, but it was kind of funny. And then he just like all this, for no reason, he's like, see, you know, he's like, yes. Right. Like, <laughs> I guess he was having some great insight or something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Loud. <laughs> But in a funny way, because yeah, yeah. he would do this. He's like, see, and then everybody would laugh. It was like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. It hits everybody. That's so good. Um, but he was still being really loud. So yeah, yeah. The facilitators came over and they're like, hey, you know, we're going to take you out of here for a minute. And, you know, they're walking him across the um, the, the Maloka. And he's just like, see, see, Wyler. <laughs> you know, just like being this just over the top. Yeah, yeah. So they get him outside and we're, you know, we're in a suspended um yeah basically a suspended compound so you've got walkways in between everything because it floods there so you're like 10 feet up um (laughs) so based on why they're telling him to go deeper into the medicine as he was walking out he envisioned the walkway to be a pool of water oh wow and decided that he would dive in head first so he nosedived and all you hear is just like just this crash and so instantly in my head i'm like Oh, he jumped off. He jumped off the walkway. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, what the heck, you know? And and um, Dolan, so the ex-Marine guy, is the medic. You see him jump up, and he goes out. And, um, you know, it's like, at that point, I'm like, what happened? Like, is he, is he okay? But then I hear him again, and he's like, see! You oh. know, like, like what the heck? <laughs> so, about that time, you know, again, the giggles are happening. Um so about that time, I, I had to purge again. So I get up and I go to walk to the to the toilets. And as I'm walking by, um, John is laid out on his back. Um, and Dolan is working on his forehead. Wow. And he's like, it just, his forehead's covered in blood. Because he just wow, yeah. nosedived into a walkway. Wow. But he's just, he's just laughing. He's laughing his head off. Right. And Dolan is sitting there cracking jokes. So right. as I'm, you know, I'm sitting and I'm purging, I hear them talking outside and, um, John's like, what, he's like, what happened? What happened? And I remember Dolan telling him, he's like, I shaved off all your hair and put makeup on you. Right, right. <laughs> he's just making this like, you know, ridiculous joke. Um, but I remember walking back by and thinking that's the happiest I've ever seen somebody with a head injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, you know, he laughed it off and you know, it really wasn't too bad. Didn't even really require stitches, but it was still a lot of blood. It was really wow. weird. Um, and <laughs> why, why we need a sitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm telling you. Like anybody listening to this right now, you need a sitter. Don't think that you're going to do this stuff on your own. Right. Even, even if you're like really well-versed with it, cause you never know what turn it's going to take. Um, and so we closed out that ceremony and that was our last one in the jungle. But, um, I can remember getting, you know, getting my Icarus saying to me, which was, um, pretty much like close the dieta right. and all that. And, um, it, the shaman that I, I was with, her name was An- Analita mm-hmm. and she just, you know, beautiful voice, beautiful Icarus. Like I was so glad that it was her because, you know, I had felt like really drawn to her energy the whole time. Right. Um, and as she was singing my Icarus, 
and you can't make this up. This looked real as day uh, as she was singing. Um, you know, I saw it, it was like, it was like a heart that came out of her mouth. Wow. And I watched it slowly float like into my chest. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Like slowly, I'm like, I saw it coming at me and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's real. It's a, you know, it was like a white, like white cloud in the shape of a heart that was wow. just, you know, kind of went to me. Wow. Um, and uh, so that was amazing. We closed that ceremony and um, uh, there was actually another kid who kind of, he had some problems that night too. He just kept going with the medicine and was up and up for hours after that. Um, later, come, later come to find out that he was schizophrenic and he didn't tell anybody. And wow. um, he had to be physically restrained at some point. Um, yeah. So anybody listening, if you've never done this before, crazy stuff happens in ceremony. Right, right. Um, you're absolutely dealing with some things that are very, very powerful. And if in the wrong mindset, the wrong person, yeah. Yeah. Um, it can be very dangerous. So you got to make sure that you're with the right people. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but the next day, integration from that, um, uh, you know, what I, what I really felt and I was journaling afterwards um, was that and I, I'd kind of figured out during that week that one of the big reasons why I wanted to go down there is like, I never really felt like I was able to, to love someone. You know, I mentioned wow. my problems with the relationship. Part three in our multi-part series. Yes, podcast. I'm so sorry. I I like actually clicked something. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. <laughs> I clicked something and it it saved it, and then I was like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Anyway, I'm so it's, sorry, Scott. Please. It's okay. I was I was rambling a bit. So um, no, no, it's it's really good. I just I was like, oh, anyway, kinks that I need to work out on my end, but keep going. Hey, no worries. Um. Yeah, so in integration the next day, um, you know, and I was journaling pretty heavily while I was there. Sorry, my dog just got in my face. No, it's so okay. a little panting. It's great, I love it. He's, he's, he's a he's a senior dog. Um, he's great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I the thing that struck me most about that ceremony, I think that you know, Andrelita kind of, you know, putting love into my heart. Um, what I learned from that was that you know, I, I never felt like I could I could love people or at least you know in the right way and you know i think I, I learned through that that you know the the it was always there in me and i i always had that capacity right. i just i just never let it happen um right. so i really did I, I felt freed from um you know not just the specific traumas that i you know kind of talked about and really confronted head on but right. you know this just kind of overall um not being able to connect with people um you know and that you know, so that, that was like my first week with doing ceremonies at Ayahuasca. Um, and and what, uh, um, what month and year was that? Do you remember? So this would have been June or July 2016. Wow. Okay. So you almost got an anniversary coming up here. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's true. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, the circle that I was with in Atlanta, they actually, they're um, doing some ceremony at the beginning of August. So I think I'm going to go back up. I think I'm ready. Wow. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, and, you know, I finished out my time in Peru um, in the Sacred Valley and, you know, um, had a lovely like San Pedro ceremony and, um, you know, really got uh, kind of like a, a nice soft landing pad and a lot of time to think about things um, before I came back. And, yeah. You know, I've sat in ceremony since then. Um, you know, I've found some, somehow you just find other people, right. which I think is an amazing part about working with the medicine. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had other experiences since then. Um, and 
I mean, every time I've done it, there's, there's always something new to learn. And, you know, it's always, uh, I'm always really terrified when I go in, but it's always worth it after I'm done. Um, and you know, the, the thing about it, uh, for me is like, you know, there are always layers, right? Right. Right. So it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's shed the skin that, you know, of this trauma that's holding me back. And then there's always something else, right? right. The deeper um, that you go. Yeah. So, and then when you finished in June t- 2016, did you go back again? Uh, I haven't been back to Peru since then. Okay. Okay. So, and then you had mentioned integrating since then and, and all of that stuff. Um, there was something that you did, a couple of things you mentioned, um, that I've actually experienced myself and I find it interesting to hear somebody else say the same thing. Oh, tell me. Um, well, the first thing you said, like you, uh, like you felt physically touched by the Icaros. So, um, which, which is interesting because I've actually felt that way too. Um, in terms of like how, like you think you read about Icaros. So, um, Icaros are the medicine songs that Mm -hmm. shamans use in the ceremonies and um, they're often received through dieta and um, their own ceremony and then they sing them and then it's almost like it's almost like more medicine that's the best way I can describe it and I've actually had an Icaro literally pull stuff out of me absolutely yeah and I and I mean and I felt it you know um and it's that was I mean so when you say physically touched I'm like I know exactly what you're talking about and um it's pre- it's pretty powerful you wouldn't think but it's it's really amazing Well you know it's funny there I think there are people in the community that um say that these types of traditional ceremonies are not important and you don't, you know, you don't right. need them. The medicine is all you need. Right, um, right. I completely disagree. And right. primarily for the fact that, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've sat with shamans that, you know, I can tell when they're singing a certain, Icaro, I mean, I don't, I don't speak Shipibo, right, right. <laughs> um, but I can tell like when they start singing a certain Icaro and it just, everybody starts purging. Wow. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, for me personally, like I can remember having a, a, a really tough time and then being brought back and like, you know, like physically feeling like, you know, like I'm lighting up like a light bulb because, right. you know, this, you know, this, this energy work, this song that is being sung to me by, you know, by the Ayahuasquero is, you know, it's, it's working, it's working with, with the, the medicine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's definitely working with it. Um, and it's almost like, I think I was shown in, in a couple ceremonies ago, like it's a, it's like a, it almost does surgery on you. It's, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of strange. Um, so you had mentioned that. And then also um, that exact experience that you talked about when someone was having a traumatic experience during ceremony and you picked up on it. And you felt like you needed to help them and it busted open. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm already a pretty empathetic person, but fuck, I guess I needed more. And yeah. <laughs> it fucking made me realize like, we're like that. We are so connected, but we are so programmed, especially in this culture and this country to really shut that down in really these really small ways. And it, it just totally opened my eyes to a whole nother level. Like, we were threaded together completely and um, it was was so bizarre um, and really intense, but um, it's interesting. I've done individual ceremony and group ceremony. And when you do the group, you know, you just, it's hard sometimes like to not pick up on people's stuff, but sometimes it's actually a part of the medicine. So um, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I'm with you on that 100%. I think that the, you know, what people like to refer to as the ego. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think people see the ego as being 
you know, well, when you're, you're just full of yourself, which, you know, that's, that's sure. narcissism. Um, right. You know, what I believe that the ego is, and, and this is especially true when you talk about quote unquote ego death, um, right. you know, the, your ego is, is it's partially imprinting, um, you know, societal imprinting, but right. it's also your way of your way of like coping with the world. And right. you know, right. if you're walking around and you're, you know, if you're somewhat imp- um, empathetic like you are and I am right. um, if you are not able to have some sort of release valve on that right. um, it, it can make just everyday life difficult so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know and I think a, a big part of that you know we we, we are, have become separated from each other because um, you know partially because in our society it's you know it's you're on the coast of your family and it's go 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 and sometimes right. you have to step on other people to get what you want Right. Um, it, it's partially that, but, um, you know, the great thing about ayahuasca is that it's able to get you out of that and get you back to that connection to where, right. you know, you can feel that way. And, you know, once you have a lot of that stripped away, that, you know, that ego death, you're going to build your ego back up because that's how you are able to interact with the world. But if you can maintain that connection, and for me, I, you know, I developed a meditation practice when I came back, um, you know, continuing to work with plant medicines as much as I can, you know, I feel like that, that door can still be open when I need to, like, you can, you you can work on yourself and, you know, you can dissolve that ego and make that connection. Um, you know, as long as you don't, um, uh, as long as you don't uh, try to put more scar tissue on top of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So talking um, about, well, you talked about like being an empath and learning a way to kind of like purge that on a daily basis or cope with that. Right. If you, if you take on too much, you're not going to have any energy to be in that space where like you're healed and then also you're helping. So it takes time though. That's what I've learned in my experience. It took me a really long time to understand energetic boundaries. Um, and a lot of that came just from the family I grew up in. Like there, there was no boundaries. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, um, but I mean, you, I learned that real hardcore in the medicine really quick. So, um, but also what you brought up, which is really important is, uh, like you're, you know, you sound like you developed a personal, um, integration technique and just like a daily, like, you know, in order to be human and live in a thriving way, we have to set up some sort of thing for us, whatever that thing is like, and you sound like you've devoted yourself to meditation and, um, doing things if, if there's other things too that you want to mention because um, I think this is a part that maybe gets talked a lot about like when you know if you go to ceremonies or you know you talk to the shaman but when you come home I mean mm-hmm. that's that's the test and I think um that's that's really I think this is so key um like I I'm plugged into a lot of things like even prior to ceremony but you know, uh, I'm in a 12 step program. I see a therapist. I have a community. Um, it's taken me a long time to get to those places because I was so isolated and afraid, but, um, I think, you know, so just sharing a little bit, if you want, um, like what else do you feel like really helps? Yeah. Um, so, Well, let me, let me kind of back up. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, so when I got back from Peru the first time, you know, I, I feel like almost anybody that goes through that type of experience and immediately what they want to do is they just want to pack up and go live in a spiritual center and, and, yeah, exactly you know, and just do that. Me. That's exactly <laughs> what happened to me. I called it my monk syndrome. I said, yeah, you- all the answers. I don't fucking need to be here. Not to interrupt you, but I just was like, I know exactly what that's like. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're right. It's like, it's, it's all the answers is everything I need. I'm just happy with, you know, I'm happy with connecting with people and, you know, living simply and, right. and who needs to go back and, and deal with like yeah all the terrible, like the news cycle yeah. and, and just shitty people and, you know, all this, like, you, you know, it's, it's complete culture shock, but right, right. it's culture shock in like a place that was home for you. 
right. you know, just a couple of weeks prior. And, right. you know, so and initially I think that, you know, the, the only rational thing that you can do in that situation is you just start changing stuff, right? right. You get rid of all your, you know, your people that bring negative energy into your life, right. Right? right? If you don't feel fulfilled in your career or your personal life, you start making changes. Right. Um, you know, you start finally like doing things that you've been putting off that, you know, you have a passion for and things that you love, um, you know, and you, you refocus everything on that. And these are all good things, but when you try to do it really, really fast, you can, you can absolutely go a little bit too far. So I mean, sure. when I, when I got back from Peru within two months, I quit my job, yeah. uh, was writing a book, had cut off, I don't know, 50% of the people that I, that I hung out with. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm making changes. Like this is, you know, this is it. Um, right, right. and you know, I, I probably jumped a little too quickly on quite a few things. Right. Um, and I didn't take enough time to realize, or, you know, to, like through meditation and through thinking and, you know, finding out uh, new pathways of knowledge, like taking on a new learning agenda. Um, You know, I didn't wait long enough to, to make the right choices. Um, You know, so for me, some of the things that keep me, keep me sane, keep me grounded, um, you know, for me, like physical activity is is super important. Um, Spending, doing that and spending time uh, in nature is more important to me than it's ever been in my life. And, you know, I'm, I, I was always into like, Hey, let's go, you know, let's go to the beach or something. But now it's, you know, it's like, okay, let's go to the beach. Let's go kayaking. Let's just go completely unplugged for three days, go camping. Um, so that for me is very important. Um, continuing to work with other plant medicines, um, in the right setting. Um, you know, if I, if I feel like I'm hitting a block, you know, um, it's always good to have some San Pedro on hand or some psilocybin. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you can do that as well. Um, having people around you that love you and support you, um, that's a must. Um, especially if you're, if you've dealt with, um, you know, dysfunctional household when, when you were young, right. um, you know, those are the things that, that will, will help you integrate, right. Having people understand that, um, your, your work with ayahuasca that, because uh, I mean, let's face it, it's, it's impossible to describe to somebody that, right. um, that really hasn't like worked with any psychedelics, right, um, right. which thankfully, I mean, that's, it's becoming more mainstream now. And, you know, it's, being able to help other people through their own journey. I mean, that's another way of, you know, keeping yourself grounded. Absolutely. Um, Those are yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. San Pedro, huh? That's been calling my name lately. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have, have, you, have you worked with San Pedro? I've never, but it keeps showing up in my energy field. And so it's kind of made sense to me because, you know, mother ayahuasca, and then I feel a lot of deep wounds with my mom and that, and I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe that's where I'm going to address the father. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> so, I mean, they call San Pedro the grandfather for a reason. Right, um, right. And which I, you know, I, I, I would expect, like, the mother to be more nurturing and I, you know, ayahuasca is very nurturing, but you know what? She will also rip some stuff out of your yeah, chest, yeah. And, you know, and oh, like yeah. put you through hell. Like, you know, when you, you, it's like, especially if you, you know, if you, if you approach her lightly, mm-hmm. um, she will show you the error of your ways. Absolutely. I tell you that much. Whereas San Pedro, the grandfather has always been very, very mild, you know, very like, helps helps you to kind of wrap up loose ends but you know for me not a lot of visions but it's just you know it's a really great way to connect with people and you know connect with yourself um you know so i i mean i love it it's um yeah so it might be but i i just thought that was really interesting because you tend to think of you know like feminine energy as being more supportive and loving whereas male energy is more you know like powerful and enforcing right right um but it's, you know, it's, it's true. <laughs> it hasn't, yeah, it, whatever you need. Like that. That's a very good point. Yeah. 
Well, you know what? Well, we might have to do more of these. This is great. I've, I've had a lot of fun. And um, I think a lot of the information you provided, I feel like we just don't have enough time to maybe talk about some other stuff. So, um, but I definitely yeah. want to thank you so much. Um, I honor and respect everything that you shared here today. And it's really, you know, it's just all about carrying the message and um, other people who are curious. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Um, this I, I really enjoyed doing this. I, this was very important to me as well, um, you know, because when we initially talked about this and, you know, you said that part of the reason why you do this is, you know, there are people out there that need to hear this information. Um, you know, I think if, if there's one person that hears this and anything yeah. that I've said or shared um, can impact them in a positive way, I appreciate it. And thank you so much for doing this. Um, yeah. You know, having good resources of information um, like this out there, um, you know, and just having real conversations with people that have experienced the medicine right. is so important for, um, for people important. that are, um, that are thinking about it for the first time, or if, you know, they've been a couple of times, there might be a, but if they've been that down that road a couple of times, there might be, um, you know, other insights they can get. So this yeah. is a really important thing that you're doing and I would love to do this again. I think we could do yeah. an entire thing on integration. Yeah, we totally could. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, um, on your end, like, I think if you could save it on your end, um, as well, I don't know if you can, mm-hmm. is that, are you able to do that? What stay on my end? Um, save it, like save the file. Oh, um, yeah. I'll, I will see if I can do that when, uh, yeah, yeah. We're done. Yeah. Okay, sure cool. All right. Thank you so much, Scott. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Take care.